So, um, uh, just background. This weekend, uh, just in case you slept through it, my homily was, um, uh, you know, Jesus rebukes James and John because they can hear the preaching of love, but then when somebody does something against them, they come after them with hatred. And my point was, um, there are no excuses. You never have the right to hate somebody else. Uh, you don't have the right to return with anger. And I knew this would happen, because it usually happens. Um, somebody after Mass always objects to my homily. Usually it's, you know, a relative. But anyhow, um, so I knew this was happening. A guy with good intention says, yeah. He says, at the door, he says, yeah, but Jesus got angry. Jesus overturned the money tables. And he says, what about righteous anger? So I said, well, we can talk about this later. The door of the church is not really a place for that. But I said, nowhere in the Bible does it have the phrase righteous anger. It, what it says is that we must be slow to anger. So yeah, there is anger. Sometimes that's a good thing. But we must be slow to anger. And when Jesus overturns the money table changers, tab well, you know what I meant. Um, he's not, he doesn't hate them. What he's angry with is the injustice of the system. So yeah, he wants to destroy the system. But nowhere in the Gospels do you see Jesus ever show hatred and that kind of anger to people. But yeah, to a system. And my problem is this, is why do we always look for the exception to every rule? Why do we always look for an excuse to get us out of our obligations? So once again, the gospel, this Sunday was the gospel of Luke. This is the gospel of Matthew. But once you have, once again, you have people who are so quick to make excuses. They want to be spiritual. As long as I always have loopholes and excuses. Except in the Gospel of Matthew, they're going to the other side of the lake, which just to let you know is the Gentile territory, which <clears throat> Matthew is a very Jewish gospel. A lot of the Jews would find that objectionable. They don't want Jesus dealing with the Gentiles. So this guy comes up and says, oh, you know, I'll follow you. And Jesus, it seems to be a non sequitur when Jesus says, um, Foxes have dens, birds have nests. It looks like a non-secular. But what he's saying is this. Oh, people say that they'll follow Christ, but they always want excuses. They always want something. Let me first do this. Let me, I will become a great follower of Christ when I turn 60. Uh, when I, you know, there's always an excuse. There's always a delay. And delayed obedience is still disobedience. Uh, why not just follow rather than look for excuses? So the idea of, um, let me just explain this. Uh, foxes have lairs, birds have nests. Um, you know, point being, son of man has nowhere to lay his head. means um, if you're looking for a gospel where you'll get a nice soft pillow where you never have to change, this is not the savior for you. When he says there'll be no place of rest, Christ will always be asking us to change more and more and more. Uh, always becoming better and better at love. Why not take up the challenge now? Why just say, well, as soon as I get my life together, then I'll do it. Take it up now. We'll always be changing. 
or on Luke about setting your hand to the plow and you don't look back, because if you're farming and you're plowing, but you're always looking behind you, you're going to have terrible rows. Um, you're going to be, you know, all over the place. You know, don't be looking back at what you lost. Just look forward to change. Or um, what was the other one? Uh, foxes, um, uh, burying the dead. Um, basically, the point being is that they're always, all the, none of those things are bad. They're good things. But you don't let the good in, become an excuse for the best. And like I'll give you another example. I hear this all the time. Well, you know, Father, I would go to Mass, but my kid, you know, they really want to do practicing on Sunday so we can't make it to Mass. They have soccer practice. I think athletics, I, like I was always involved in sports. I think sports is a good thing, but you don't let the good interfere with the best. The best being really communion with God is less than soccer. And a lot of people, they want to dip their toe in the pool of spirituality so they can tell everybody else how spiritual they are, but they really never take the plunge. They want religion to be polite. Um, why not make it passionate? That we can be, I hate to say this, we can be a little demanding on ourselves. Like, I, I, I have to admit, this is going to shock, well, Kathleen, but I'm not a saint. I have a lot of work to do. Um, but why should I make excuses about my anger or I tend to be a little judgmental? I want to become a passionate lover of people and God. You can't do that by just dipping your toe in the, in the pool. You have to really, I'd say this, not allow yourself any excuse. So when the guy says, um, uh, well, you know, there is such a thing as righteous anger. No, there's not. That doesn't appear in the Bible. Stop dipping your toe in the pool of spirituality and take the plunge. I don't want a religion of politeness. I want a religion of passionate love. And so what Jesus is saying is stop making excuses. And I pray that we're all passionate about trying to actually go deeper in the pool of spirituality.